you know, guys, contact sports are always evolving, right? We've got a lot of head injuries, the the discussion of concussions and CTE and football. It's grown. The conversation continues to go over the last five to 10 years, and we're trying to find solutions to that problem, trying to make the game safer while at the same time not sacrificing the entertainment factor and the, the performance factor for the athletes and the fans and the coaches alike, right? Well, today I'm bringing on a guest who's the director of business operations at a company that's collecting the data and providing solutions so that we can help make the game safer while not sacrificing performance. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's going on, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson, the Game Time Guru. Excited to be here. Uh, we've been going four and a half years strong, almost four and a half years strong, a little over four years now. And I just can't express my appreciation enough for the listeners and the supporters of the show, the new supporters, the original supporters, whoever's jumped on board, the guests of the show, everybody who's helped make this what it is today. A massive thank you from me to you. Thank you guys so much. Remember, you can find the podcast on any platform. That's iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, any of the podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the popular ones. But you can also watch the podcast on YouTube if you want to. I know my YouTube following is not the biggest right now. If you guys want to jump in over there and watch the interviews, totally cool. Go do that. Um, we try to put the, the video footage on there if we have it. Uh, so you guys can listen to it there as well. So you can basically find this on any platform. The show has been downloaded now in 89 different countries as of this week. Uh, we hit 89. We've been sitting at 88 for quite a while. Now we're at 89 different countries, 63,000 downloads, and a lot of it has to do with the listeners. So I just want to say thank you to the listeners out there. And a massive shout out to the title sponsor of the podcast, 208 Printing. They got all the printing needs done for, for, for me, for you, for everything. So if you guys need to get your swag out there. If you got, you're a business, you need shirts and, and any branding done, do it. If you're a team and you want your jerseys or any kind of uh, gear for your for your squad, go hit up madeby208.com. I'll put the link here in the description. Those guys have gotten me taken care of. They support the podcast, and they've got you guys taken care of as well. So part of the show, guys, is to deliver a panoramic view on sports. We're not always just talking about stats and analysis and stuff like that. You guys know that by now. That's the point of my show is to, to branch away from the mainstream media outlets that do that. We've got enough that, that cover stats, and they have their place too. I, I enjoy those shows. My show is to help you know, expand our knowledge in the world of sports. And I do so by interviewing guests from all across the globe, from different walks of life and uh, different businesses and so forth. So with that being said, I am honored to bring on the director of business operations at Athlete Intelligence. His name is Andrew Golden, and he's going to be talking to us today about what they've got going on over there at Athlete Intelligence. So Andrew, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Thanks for having me, Shane. Appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. So we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, athlete intelligence here in just a second. Uh, talk to us briefly, if you can give us just a, like maybe a two sentence synopsis of what, just like paraphrase, what, what is athlete intelligence? So we know what we're talking about here. 
Yeah, so we're a head impact monitoring and performance tracking solution. Um, basically, what that means is we're bringing coaches and athletic training staff a data-driven approach to uh, improve athlete performance uh, and improve athlete safety. So um, a lot around head impacts, a lot around technique, a lot around uh, these data-driven approaches that are going to help athletes play better uh, and also play safer. I dig it. Okay, so this is a, a hot topic, especially in contact sports. You know, we've got a lot in the last, you know, five to seven years, I'd say the CTE discussion has come out quite a bit, especially for football. And there's a lot of parents out there that are apprehensive now. You know, they're former athletes themselves. They're apprehensive about letting their kids play football or any contact sport for that matter because of the potential head injuries that can be created over a, a career, not even just a career, but it could just happen once, but like over the duration of their career playing football. So I've even seen it myself, Andrew, here in Idaho, the amount of kids playing football at a younger level, even in like the, what we would call the optimist football or what's similar to pop Warner football level, it's shrinking. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, just the concern of, of head injuries. Since you're around the data a lot, um, what have you guys found in regards to data, what what is what are the numbers looking like in regards to like concussions and so forth in the sport of football and any contact sport for that matter? Yeah, so you're you're spot on. I mean, there's there's definitely still a lot of concern around not even just concussions, but head injuries in general. We're seeing a decline in participation rates across the U.S. Um, in many states, people are moving from football into other sports that are maybe less contact, less collision focused. Um, and, you know, in some cases, concussions are, are still on the rise. Um, I do think that we have to recognize that there has been so much advancements within sports, especially football, when we look at the equipment the way uh, helmet manufacturers, pad manufacturers have continued to innovate their materials, the way that they help uh, keep athletes safe, the rule changes that we've seen. So there's been a lot that has been um, instituted and embraced along a lot of different uh, levels of play. Um, but clearly because of the statistics, because of these declining participation rates, uh, there's still more that, that really needs to be done. Totally. And what I love about what you guys got going on over there, Andrew, is, you know, I, I read this book called Chase the Lion. And one of the quotes in this book says, you know, criticized by creation and what that, you know, goes on to explain later in, in a nutshell is basically like if there's a flaw in something or you see that there's an there's an opportunity, I'll call it an opportunity somewhere rather than criticizing it by finding fault and, you know, voicing your opinion and yada, yada, yada. You see a lot of that happen in the world. Right. Um the, it talks about the impact of critic sorry criticizing by creation create a solution to said problem or to the opportunity right so create the criticize by creating something and i feel like you guys are doing that right you just kind of mentioned it there's still the numbers are are showing you the data is proving that like there's a decline in participation there's an increase in concussions like it's just kind of the concept data is still out there so i would love to talk about what you guys are creating over at yeah. athlete intelligence um First things first, what's this like little mouth guard looking thing um, that I first saw? It's like it's called the vector, if I'm not yep. mistaken. So yeah. what is this thing and talk? Let, let's break this thing down um, sure. for everybody who's listening. Yeah. So the vector mouth guard was our first device that we ever created and commercialized back in 2015. Um, you know, cool enough. We actually commercialized that with the LSU football program. Ooh. And that was really the the first 
head impact sensing device that was able to transmit data in real time. Um, and so, you know, the, it, it's like any other mouth guard. Clearly, it looks a little bit different. And the reason why it looks different is because a lot of the, the, the hardware is sits outside of the mouth guard. So we can still have that low profile mouth guard form factor. Um, but essentially what what happens is as athletes are wearing that mouth guard, um, as impacts are occurring on the field, we're able to actually transmit data to the sidelines in real time. And, and where this becomes valuable is if you think about these youth programs or high school programs that are under-resourced, maybe have one athletic trainer or don't always have an athletic trainer on the sidelines, we can actually alert a sideline staff member when an impact occurs over a threshold. So if an athletic trainer is taping an ankle, and number 76 takes a 50G impact, um, that athletic trainer is going to get a notification of their Apple Watch, their Android phone that says, hey, number 76 just took a 50G impact. So we're creating this concept of extra eyes and ears on the field that's going to help team staff empower their decision makings when they either don't see something or when they do see something and want to insert some objective decision making into that process. I love this. So as you're talking, I'm like almost like getting chills because I understand as a former athlete myself, I mean, I, I saw it on your guys' Instagram page right here. It says 69% of athletes have admitted to hiding symptoms from coaches or athletic trainers to continue to continue play. I've been there. I don't, mm -hmm. I mean, even in the sport of boxing, you know, I get rocked and our coaches legitimately, Andrew, they would tell us like, if you get rocked and the coach or the ref is giving you a standing eight count and they're going to ask you how you're doing after they count to eight and you're shook, they would give us, we would train on how to like, see through the blur for a second just to try right. to get through to continue fighting because you know the concept was like as soon as you regain your bearings you'll be fine but you got to let the ref know that you're okay enough to like get there and i did that i've been there i got rocked to where i was like literally it's almost like a movie where the the ref was seriously like moving and he's pointing his fingers how many fingers i got up and i just had to look straight even though it was moving around me and i just had to know where he was at like because we trained that it's not a good thing but it's true like the athletes is a competitive nature right um they don't want to talk about it they don't want to tell the coaches they're going to hide it Mm -hmm. This kind of doesn't allow that in a, in a good way, though. Like it, it'll right. alert the trainers because the you might not know a kid's hurt. You know, he might not know um, or he might not want to tell he or she may not want to tell uh, the athletic trainers, the coach that they're not feeling right. And uh, obviously the coaches, they have a competitive side, too. If it's a good player, they don't want to take them out. I really, right. really like this. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is you know, it, it's, it's, uh, relatively small. Like it's not going to affect the, the game itself. Like you've seen right. helmets and stuff. And then that's another thing I want to talk about a little bit, but like, we've seen people put on like these like big old, like foam things over their helmets, protective gear over their helmets. I've seen those like, and certain things can like disrupt the game, flow, sure. can disrupt the athleticism of an athlete. I don't feel like this does. Have you had pretty positive uh, responses from the vector mouth guard? Yeah. So for the mouth guard, I often get two pieces of feedback. And the first one is that it looks different. And the second one is it's the most comfortable mouth guard that the athletes ever worn. And, and part of that is because of the material, the way that it fits to an athlete's teeth. We, we use a material called Vistamax, which we source from uh, ExxonMobil, which is a um, material that's very similar to what you would get from like a dentist bite guard. Um, that they would custom fit. Um, this, on the other hand, can be boil and fitted. And when it when it hardens, um, it provides that same tight custom fit 
um, where it's almost like a snap to fit. So um, I've actually done presentations with my mouth guard in um, just to show the level of comfort in that, you know, if you're a play caller, it's not going to disrupt your ability to speak, breathe, talk. Um, and still have that that high level of comfort because we know if if you feel good look good You're gonna also play good. So that was really important for us when we were developing the product Oh, I dig that look good feel good play good and then if you're yeah. in the pros get paid good, you know that's Exactly, exactly. Always said it. Yeah, that's true. I, I love that. So where can they find more information about like, like let's say a coach is listening right now Right like yeah. a high school coach or whatever it may be and they're hearing this and they're like, okay, I want to go check out the vector. Where, where can they go to go find out more about like pricing and so forth? Yeah. So obviously our website's going to be the best spot to start. Uh, www.athleteintelligence.com. We've got a lot of great content on there about our products, about, about our analytics dashboard. Um, we also have a really um, robust uh, resources page with just a lot of stories about you know, programs that we work with, the success that they've seen through our system. So, um, you know, we're a, an organization in a market that not many people know about. So we really try to focus on um, how we can help educate. Um, and from there, once people are interested, uh, then we can walk them through a demo presentation. Um, they can reach out, you know, to our sales team at sales at athleteintelligence.com. So uh, there's just a, a lot of um, great resources out there that we're helping, you know, people learn uh, about this technology, the value of it and how it's going to help them be more resourceful. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of information to digest, but obviously we've got an entire team here to help them. Oh, I love it. As you guys can see on the screen here, uh, this is athleteintelligence.com that Andrew just mentioned. And again, I'm in the research tab right now. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I nerd out about. And I think a lot of coaches and other sports fans alike uh, do the, they like the data. They like the analysis of these types of things, diving deep into the reason why behind something. Um, and I like that you guys have, you've got that here. Uh, yep. So go there, um, go check it out guys, athleteintelligence.com. I'll put it in the description here too. I just wanted to give you guys a little visual really quickly while um, we're doing the, the show. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the visual. If not, go to athleteintelligence.com, click the link here in the description and we'll, we'll have that for you. But uh, super, super cool. Um, I do have a question because I did mention, you know, obviously probably more designed towards contact sports like football, but have you seen or have it, has it been marketed to any other combat sports? I know like mixed martial arts is a pretty big uh, popular, you know, growing sport. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a boxer, so I love boxing. Have you seen any of that? Is that, is there a market for that, for this type of thing or not quite yet? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, it's so interesting to see the various sports that have reached out in terms of like wanting to be able to collect this data. I've heard everything from um, uh, speed skating to paratroopers to bobsled team. So, you know, head injuries and concussions continue to be a serious problem, not just in contact and collision sports, right? Um, and so there's certainly a lot of interest in those sports. Um, as an organization right now, we are very focused on, um, you know, football, uh, hockey, lacrosse, uh, both men's and women's lacrosse, um, and, and women's soccer. And a lot of what we do is around uh, head impact data analytics when we're looking at uh, team data, positional data, and athlete specific data, right? So 
Um, there's a lot of comparative analysis that we do. We try to help teams understand team baselines and, and outliers. So it is very much of a, a team supported type of system. So when we look at these individual sports like boxing or like mixed martial arts, you know, is there value there? Absolutely. Um, but right now it's, it's really about, um, you know, how do we limit head contact exposure? Um, how do we, you know, create these correlations between head impact exposure and technique uh, to create those coachable moments? That actually like rolled right into my next question. So I'm super glad that you brought that up. I was going to say like with the data, it's, you know, people mm -hmm. might, might be listening and they're like, okay, cool. We've got data. That's awesome. Sure. Um, but what do we do with said data? And it was kind of like, you know, football fans, especially like, you know, the OGs, they're like, oh, the rules of football suck now. You know, this is, it's like flag football. And they, you know, you'll hear it all. Like, can't even touch the quarterback. Can't hit him low. Can't hit him high. You got to, you know, you got to all the stuff. So, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just kind of follow up here. You know, understand there's a reason for that, the rules changing. Right. And it's because of people like yourselves who are, you know, doing the research and pulling the data and showing like, okay, this is what's causing these problems. I mean, it's long-term effects for the brain and so forth. So we're trying to, to limit that, um, outside of like, I guess, rule changes, what other stuff can we do with this data to help improve the game and still keep, like keep the participation numbers growing, keep them to right. instead of declining. Um, but keeping the excitement of the game, if you will. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you can't manage what you don't measure. Right. And when we look at the nature of concussions or even just head injuries in general, we find that there's three main drivers uh, as to why athletes are getting concussed or why athletes are experiencing head injuries. Um, and the first one is impacts to the top of the head. Um, that's why in college football, the pros, you're not seeing um, targeting anymore or or why we have targeting calls right it's because we want to eliminate um impacts to the top of the head we know that they have a much higher risk of head neck and even spinal related injuries we've seen nfl players lead with their head and not walk off the field um, it's a very serious injury and if we can just eliminate impacts to the top of the head um, we're significantly reducing the risk of, of, of head injuries and even concussions. Um, the second thing that's really important is to manage the head impact workloads. Um, think about baseball, right? We have pitch counts for when we pull a pitcher, right? But we don't have hit counts in football or ways to track impacts to an athlete's head. Um, so what we know is that if we can limit the amount of head contact to an athlete's head um we're again significantly reducing the risk of, of head related injuries part of what we've seen in advancements in, in in this is um rugby style tackling shoulder led tackling heads up style tackling right a lot of these different techniques that actually remove the head from contact and the third main driver to head injuries and concussions are the hardest hits, right? Um, um, the high impact, uh, you know, high G-force uh, hits. And so when you look about how athlete intelligence helps fill the gaps, well, one of the things that all of our products are gonna do, it's gonna help identify where impacts are occurring on an athlete's head, right? So we can actually tell you, hey, these are the top five athletes that are taking the most amount of crown of head impacts and need work on their technique. 
putting that into perspective a little bit, um, we worked with a high school program. Part of our system will send out automated reports right to your email. So following a practice, coach gets his, a, a report through his phone. Um, in the first report that coach got, um, the top five athletes that were taking the most amount of crown of head impacts were his freshman linemen. So when the coach saw that report, he knew exactly what the problem was. It was they weren't getting their heads up, they weren't getting their hands up, and they weren't getting off the line quick enough. So that entire week, he had his line coaches work with those athletes on specific drills, getting your head up, getting your hands up, and focusing on removing the crown of head from contact. Week over week, they saw a 29% reduction in crown of head contact. So as an organization, like we didn't replace decision making. We didn't tell them what to do, but we rather provided this data driven approach to highlight an opportunity that they would have never been able to see previously. Um, and that's where the system becomes viable. Same thing with impact workloads, right? We help teams understand what the average number of head impacts are within a given day, within a given week. Um, and at the same time, we can say, hey, this subset of athletes or these positions are taking far more impacts compared to your team baseline. Well, why is that? It's a technique problem. They're clearly not playing heads up style tackling or shoulder led tackling. Um, and, um, you know, those are patterns. Those are trends. Those are things that can be adjusted and improved upon. And now you still have that data platform to see throughout the season. OK, these athletes are getting better. And we see that with our youth programs. We see that with our high school programs and we see that with our, our power five conference programs where um, data is bringing awareness to things that they can't see from sitting on the sidelines or through watching film. This is so insightful, man. I'm sitting here like geeking out. I, I love this. And the one thing that stood out to me from the very beginning when you said, you know, the pitchers have a pitch count, but we don't have a hit count in football. And that right there. I don't know how many people have actually really thought about that. I, I consider myself a pretty, you know, avid fan of the sport and right. for all sports that matter. And I've never really thought of it in that regard, but that totally just brought things to a whole new light. So hopefully listeners are sitting there like, oh, it's like what ding, light bulb goes off. You know, I do have a question for you before we get to your next product here, too, because I'm looking at we've, we talked about the vector mouth guard. Um, we're talking a little bit more about stuff, but I also want to hear about the other product sure. uh, or products that you guys um, offer. But I do have a question because I have talked to a couple of um, NFL guys. Uh, David Irving is one of them. Now, David Irving played for the Dallas Cowboys. He's known to, you know, he's a very strong cannabis advocate uh, for athletes. Um, and he, the reason he talked about it is because, you know, they in football and in a lot of contact sports, especially in the NFL, they were popping them. He's, he's very avid. So I'm not going to get into too much detail about that, but, you know, sure. popping them with lots of painkillers and so forth. And there's a lot of topics and discussions about, you know, the supplementation. I'm just curious. From your, do you think it's simply the contact and the the actual physical aspect of the sport that's causing these, or do you have a feeling that even supplementation could have some sort of impact in one way or the other, good or bad, to the brain? That's what I just wanted to know, if, like a brief thought there. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never really thought about like the supplementation side of it. Um, I'm very involved in a lot of the research where. Um, research universities and institutions will use our devices as data collection tools to further understand head kinematics, patterns in the brain, um, you know, a far different in-depth approach than how our, our teams use our system. Um, you know, we've been involved through uh, studies with the CDC on 656 youth athletes. Um, we're doing constant research with, you know, other universities that are looking at 
um, these causations and correlations around concussions. You know, why is it that I can take a 30 G impact and have a concussion and you can take a 60 G impact and be fine? Um, uh, you know, why is it that we're seeing differences in gender in range, in age ranges in um, you know, impact history or concussion history. Um, so a lot of what I've been exposed to, you know, really comes down to exposure. Um, that's why it is so important to monitor, measure, and then manage these impact workloads because less head impacts means, you know, less contact that your, you know, brain is potentially experiencing, which means less chance of injury, which means less chance of concussions, which means, you know, less chance of long-term damage. Um, that's why like a, a, a big part of what we try to explain to people is you cannot manage what you don't measure everything from an equipment standpoint a rule change standpoint um, but data is so important and it's so powerful because it helps you identify trends patterns anomalies um, and and then you know when you make changes it continues to allow you to track those changes are they improving are they not improving um, and so you know that's where like from what I've been exposed to it's really more about like we have to limit contact um, the supplement side I just honestly don't know a whole lot about no that's totally fine and I love that uh, explanation of it all too because goodness there's a lot to kind of un unbox there with all right. that anyways so there's there's enough data there I think that can make a, a true impact so um Moving forward to the other, you know, you're talking about pulling data, uh, measuring. What are the other products or products that you you offer outside of the vector mouth guard? Yeah, that you guys are yeah. That so data with? for sure. So when we first launched the mouth guard, um, you know, the reason why we went the route of the mouth guard first, the mouth guard is is um, you know probably the more difficult way to. Um, develop a device that an athlete essentially chews on um, and still be able to get highly accurate data transmitted in real time. Um, but what we found is that uh, not a lot of athletes will still wear mouth guards. Uh, you know, at the college level, um, you know, it's, you know, kind of required, but not really like a policed type of thing. So we'll see, you know, some teams where 30% of their athletes won't even wear a mouth guard. Um, or other athletes opt into wearing a, you know, custom style mouth guard, a mouth guard with a logo on it. So um, in some cases, it does become challenging to have an athlete go from wearing some mouth guard that they've been used to wearing um, to ours. Um, that, that was the reality of it. So what we did um, is we created a helmet affix sensor. Um, the first one that we created is called Q Sport Sensor. Um, that is a Bluetooth product. It sits up inside of an athlete's helmet. Um, it's out of sight, out of mind. In many cases, they don't even know that they're in there. Um, but what it allows us to do is track the same data that our mouth guard does um, and then allows teams to download that after a game or, or after a practice. So you kind of miss that real time data transmission. Um, and we realized that that was something that a lot of our teams wanted. So the third product that we're in the process of launching this year is our Q plus. And, and really for that is it gave us a chance to look at, you know, why did people really like our mouth guard? And it was because the live data streaming, real time alerts, and why did, uh, 
athletes really like our our helmet affix sensor and it was because it was in their helmet they didn't have to change you know their mouth guard they have to change equipment it was out of sight out of mind easy to use and so we basically took the benefits from both of those products put them into our q plus um and um you know we're we're super excited to launch that uh this year there'll be some additional components that will also launch with that product one is a um, helmet temperature monitor so we'll be able to track the temperature inside of an athlete's helmet um, and really help combat, you know, heat illness. Uh, 40% of your temperature tries to escape from your head. If you're wearing a helmet, it can't escape. And so that's why we're seeing heat exhaustion. So um, we're going to help send real-time alerts to athletic trainers or coaches when an athlete is entering into a concerning uh, temperature range. And then the second component will be a uh, GPS performance tracker to where we know safety is important, but performance is sexy. And so we want to start um, getting into a little bit of the acute chronic workload ratio and, and athlete workloads and the performance side of things to um, create this balance between helping athletes play at their best while also playing at their safest. Man, you're like answering every like thing I was about <laughs> to say. This is the best thing ever, man. You, you've got your stuff down. Oh, man. This is exciting. Um, and, and basically you guys already know what the players are dealing with. You mentioned the mouth guards is kind of an inconvenience for some of them. They want the swag with the cool looking mouth guards, some of them like that, or they're just comfortable with the ones they have. So there's a, you know, they, that's a reality. It's kind of one of those things that some fans might be like, what, but it's yeah. true. If you're an athlete, you kind of like, you have your set, like they think the same thing, look good, feel good, play good. So if they got a cool looking mouth guard, like they feel right. like it's a whole different thing. So you go to the next solution here, put in the, into the helmet where it's out of sight, out of mind. And that's the biggest piece I want to reiterate, like for football players, especially you don't want a ton of extra weight on your, for one, your helmet's already heavy. For those who don't understand the first day of practice for like camp for, for football players, if you haven't been playing for like three months or four months or five, whatever it may be, when you put your helmet on, it takes like two days to get used to having a helmet on You get pounding headaches. Like it's one of the worst things in the world. Like a helmet's inconvenient in and of itself. Then you get used to it and your head's fine, but you're having weight on your head and it's kind of pushed in and, and whatnot. Some you know, they've made adjustments to helmets these days, but right. the last thing you want is something else on your helmet because it, it could cause problems. However, this is not going to, you hardly even know it's there and it's yeah. still helping you. So, and then the next thing uh, I thought was awesome, Andrew, was the fact that you, you basically said we're, we want them to, to continue playing. Like we want people to keep playing, but you got to be safe, but you got to keep right. you know, the performance has to be there too. Like the entertainment factor, you want people to still be able to play at their, at their highest the goal is to keep them safe so that we can continue to keep playing. Right. right? Cause I mean, I, I just want your, your expert opinion as we, as we wrap it up, you know, knowing the data that, you know, if we weren't to do anything, if you guys were to stop what you're doing and anybody else who's trying to make the game safer, if we were to stop doing what we're doing, how long before football would be completely done with the numbers declining? Um, I mean, I, I don't think that that football will ever be done. I think that there are some States where, you know, they aren't seeing a decline in participants like Texas, like, you know, and, and football is always going to be, um, you know, part of their, their culture. Um, but, but I do think that, you know, you'll start to see, you know, you would start to see some, some high schools consolidating. We're already seeing that in some areas where, you know, one high school can't, you know, uh, roster a full team. So they'll actually combine with another high school. Um, but, you know, there's, there is a lot that's being done, um, you know, but 
but we are seeing that the the big part about what's missing is just is just the data um and it's not the sense of having data to to you know to to say that yes there's a problem here it's the sense of having the data to say hey there's an opportunity to fix something here um and um you know i, I you know what they're doing you know we, we we know with the heads up style tackling football we, like we know that was such a big push um and 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 how well that's helping our our athletes but what we're finding is there is this gap between how a coach sometimes is teaching their athletes and how their athletes are actually performing on the field and data is going to help uncover that so um you know i just think that 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 data is such a powerful resource um we want to combat participation rates we want to see them increase we want to see this the, the same nature of barbaricness in football um and we think a lot of that can be done but we, we've got to protect the head and um you know this is really a way that we can do it i love it man it's been an awesome conversation just hearing it like you are obviously well educated you know your stuff and you know how to articulate that um that's that's super important too so the one other thing that i think is awesome what you said uh, is Basically, I've, I've referenced this before, Andrew. I've said, you know, people are professional information gatherers. They're pigs, professional information gatherers, and they don't do anything with the information that they get. You can, one one book I read said, hey, you're more likely to drown from the amount of information right. than to not get enough of it, right? Like there's so much information. So people just consume, consume, consume. That's awesome, cool. And they think they know a lot. They do nothing with it. What you guys are doing at Athlete Intelligence is you're gathering the information and you're actually implementing stuff to like create a solution to a problem. So I think that's actually super important. Um, There's plenty of people in the world that can gather information, but they don't do anything with it. They don't take the next steps, which are the most important, which is implementing to create a solution. Um, I think it's awesome. And I commend you for what you guys are doing. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off, Andrew, in regards to athlete intelligence and what we can expect from you guys moving forward? Um, You know, I just think get out there and, and, and learn about what, other companies are doing. There's a lot of things that are, you know, from from a technology standpoint, that's helping to combat athlete injuries, helping to improve athlete performance. So like you said, you know, go out and, and get educated um, and, you know, find things that, that fit with your program. If we want to see the sustainability with, you know, football and a lot of these other contact and collision sports, it's going to come down to, are we keeping our athletes safe? Um, the head is a pretty important part of an athlete's body. And, and, and that's why that's where, where we're focusing. So get out, get educated, learn about it. Um, you know, if there's anything that we can do as an organization to help, um, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to do so. Thank you so much, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Golden, Director of Business Operations over at Athlete Intelligence. Again, I'll put the link here in the description so you guys can go to the website, athleteintelligence.com. Go follow them on their social platforms as well. I'll have those linked. And uh, yeah, for everybody who's listening, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Go follow them, go show support. And like Andrew said, go educate yourselves. It's super, super important. Um, And it's it's not only just important for fans, it's important for the athletes and everyone alike. You know, we want to keep everybody safe. Uh, So go educate yourselves, go check out what everybody's got. Um, And who knows, we're going to be continuing to change the game. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.